Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Recording. Oh, I'm nervous. Oh, I'm nervous too. I'm hoping this records. <laughs> oh, does it not record? No, it, it says it's recording, but it's, I haven't tested this out in a while. Oh, okay. But we, I feel like we should be fine. Okay. If not, it'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> well, if anything, we'll just come back when my voice is better and do it again. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Echale Podcast. My name is Jose Quintero, and I'm very excited today to finally be doing this interview with somebody you guys have all seen on social media. She's been out and about. I've seen her for a couple of years, on maybe like two years on social media. That's when she's really blown up. I've seen her at events, and I've been also very sometimes nervous to even go up and ask and then all of my friends started getting into Bailet Florclorico so they are huge fans oh, of yours thank you. so without further ado let me go ahead and introduce you guys Matisse last name you can just call me Matisse Azul Matisse Azul <laughs> that's okay. what people know me by <laughs> well that's your Instagram handle right yeah that's what people know me by but yeah. my last name's Rainbow so. Rainbow there you yeah. go that's what I was like uh, algo con, con la lluvia algo azul and whatnot. but I'm very excited thank you so much for being on HLA Podcast I hear it's your first podcast it is Woo. I know why is it your first podcast um you know what I've been invited to do podcasts before and I think I've had to cancel a few times because my voice was like completely shot like nothing would come out right now it's like actually the better of the times that I've lost my voice really? and it still sounds kind of bad but that's the reason that I haven't <laughs> done a lot of podcasts it's it's so funny because I first uh, came across you of course on TikTok and on Instagram I think it's like things started blowing up uh, during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But then uh, one of my friends, Betol, so shout out to him. Oh, I love him. Yes, I know. He's <laughs> a good friend. So you guys went to go do a video. I don't know if it was at your house or their house or something like that where he fe he fell in the water and it was with the twins. With oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's why I was like, oh, my God. That was at my house. <laughs> oh, that was at your house? <laughs> It was so funny. Oh my god. He always be falling. I know. Always falling. Super clumsy. Entonces, Betol, si nos estás viendo ahorita, just know that you are very clumsy. But uh, a raíz de eso, I started like following you because I had just seen you. I had followed you on TikTok. But I was like, okay, well, now I'm intrigued because Matisse is not a common name that I'm used to hearing. Mm -mm. And then I think it was. Later down the uh, the, the the line that you changed it to Matisse Rainbolt, and I'm like, okay, I wonder if that's her last name. Yeah. And I want to know her story and how she got into Ballet Florclorico. And yeah, before we like we started the podcast, you were telling um, Sarai, who was so marvelous to like lend us this space, mm -hmm. that it, it's actually German. Yeah, the last name is German. So. Um my great-grandma, I don't know, it was a really, really long time ago, though, but my great-grandma would always tell us that um, when, I guess, her ancestors came from Germany, that they came to America and um, changed the last name Reinhold. It was originally Reinhold, R-E-I-N-H-O-L-T, to Rainbolt because it sounded more American, mm. and they kind of wanted to assimilate um, it's kind of a similar thing to what happens when people come from Mexico to here or came from Mexico to here. They wanted to assimilate a lot, and so they kind of, they did other things. I mean, sometimes they would change names, or sometimes they wouldn't speak the language, mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. But it was kind of one of those things. It was just a really long time ago. Yeah. So then, yeah. fast forward to now, is the is your family from Mexico, Germany, or? So, yeah, so yeah. half of my family is from the, my dad's side of the family is like, I guess like German and uh -huh. white and American, but way, 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 way long time ago. Like okay, they so came, like five, um, six generations? Like maybe more than that, <gasps> wow. like way long time ago. Oh I don't God. even know. Pocahontas is I like don't know. <laughs> time. I have no clue, but my mom's side of the family is Mexican and they're from Chihuahua, Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Is that where the whole Ballet Florclorico comes from, from like your mom? 
Actually, no. Um, so when I was little, I was maybe like three or four years old, and my mom wanted me to put wanted to put me in dance. So she had put me in ballet and tap and those kinds of things at some little studio near my house, and I just kind of didn't like it. I guess like I was really bored of it, or I don't know. But then we had went to a fair one day, and I saw the folklorico dancers, and I was like, that's what I want to do. Like I want to try that. <laughs> And so my mom was like, okay, well, let's find a group. Like, And then she was telling me, like, did you know that um, that's kind of where you come from? Like, the, these are the dances from where our family comes from. And so I was like, no way. And so it's kind of a mix between, like, ballet. There's ballet influences. Yeah. There's, like, a little bit of kind of tap. So I was kind of interested in it because of that. But it's way, way, way more, like, on a big scale, right? Because there's so much that goes on in it, but that's kind of how it went. So nobody else in my family really danced until I started dancing mm -hmm. when we found that. And I was four years old when I started. Oh my God, so yeah. four <laughs> years old. So you've been doing this for a while. You're mm -hmm. what, like 22? Yeah, I'm 22. So you've been doing it for about 18 years now. Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. Yeah. Was it hard at first? Because so many people are trying to start uh, Ballet Florclorico at an older age. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously, hacer pasos sinaloenses, jaliscenses, mm -hmm. I mean, el toro guaco, I've mm -hmm. seen that one, mm -hmm. like that can be very complicated. Because I'm assuming it's very, it, it's the same dance, right? Or is it different? So they're all different. It depends actually the region that you dance. And even, so there's so many different states in Mexico, right? Of course. And within each state, there are different regions. So um, there's like for Sinaloa, we have Sinaloa Mestizo, Sinaloa Costa. So there's two different styles of dance there. And then for Oaxaca, oh my gosh, there's so many styles of dances for <laughs> really? that one. Like so many different styles of dance for each region. So every um, region has its own set of steps or its own, I guess, style of dancing those steps. Okay. So there's there's even like a style of dance called Huasteco, mm. right? And there's, I think maybe six, I'm pretty sure there's six states that have Huasteco dances. But even though most of them kind of share similar steps, they're all danced very differently. So some of them are danced really bouncy and some of them are danced very soft and mm. quiet. So it just depends on what it what state so it is. So I can literally be like, okay, I know El Torohuaco from Jalisco because well, I'm from Michoacán, but Torohuaco from Jalisco. And if I've never met you, would there be inter, like, would they intertwine? Or is it like, mm. oh, we were taught different. They're two different dances. It depends on, um, it depends on the dance. So there's some very, very, very traditional dances that there's not a lot of um, I guess variation in them. So when some of those are like Son de la Negra mm -hmm. and Jarabe Tapatio. Those are all almost always very similar. Um, so pretty much anybody could dance those. But um, even though the steps are similar for other dances within the same region, you could have different choreographies for different dances, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So you'll know all the steps from a region, but it might not be the same choreography if you're dancing in one group and then dancing with somebody from another group, you're probably going to have different choreographies. Got you. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's take it back to your childhood. How was that growing up? Because did you grow up out here in the Inland Empire? Yeah, or? I've grown up in San Bernardino my whole life. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so how was that experience? Um, it w I love San Bernardino, like, so much. I actually went to, okay, so I went to school, elementary school and middle school in San Bernardino. And then I went to Redlands for oh. high school. Okay. Um, you, uh, which one, Rev? I went to Rev for my first year. <gasps> okay. And then my second year, and then for the rest of high school, I moved to RHS. Um, and it is just so different. Even though it's just the city over, like, huge culture shock, right? Like, mm -hmm. very, very different. But um, if I had to choose, I would have picked San Bernardino, like, any day. Really? I even told my mom, like, several times when I first started at Redlands that... I just want to go back to San Bernardino. Like, I don't want to be here. And even though the schools were really great and, and I had some good teachers and everything, it's just, it's different. What, what would you say was the difference? Was it the culture? Was it, or was it the community? Was there more Latino, obviously more Latinos in San Bernardino than there are in yeah. Redlands? And was that like a big? Um, yeah, I think so. And I think another thing is the pe the way that people are, are raised a lot of times. Redlands has a totally different like economic status mm -hmm. for the most part like i mean obviously there's going to be variation in every city but um redlands in general is 
more uh, it's a richer population right yeah san bernardino is not and um what i noticed from that is is the that a lot of people that grow up having everything mm. aren't as grateful or or um i don't know they don't acknowledge the things that they have as much whereas if you grow up in a place where you're not receiving as much you're showing that you're grateful for everything you say thank you for everything even if it's somebody just giving you like a little snack or whatever yeah. and it wasn't like that in redlands for some reason with every well with most people i would say yeah in my experience i love that you're talking about san bernardino in that light because i feel like sometimes it is hard to represent or to be prideful of an area where it's sometimes forgotten. It's forgotten it for is. a lot of people in Los Angeles. It's forgotten even. The only thing that you know San Bernardino of is uh, like the shooting that happened years yeah. ago, which I'm assuming you were in school at the time. I was, and we went on lockdown, and my mom was actually in a building very, very close to where it happened, and so she had to send some of our... Uh, I, was in, I was in RHS, I think. My mom had to send one of her friends to go pick us up because wow. she was on lockdown until like... Eight o'clock at night, I think. I definitely want to dive in more into San Bernardino because, as many know, I went to Cal State San Bernardino. I grew up in Fontana. Uh, mm -hmm. So we're going to go ahead and take a little break. And when we come back, we'll continue with Matisse to talk about San Bernardino. And then further on, go ahead and talk about uh, Ballet Florclorico and how she came to become who she is now. <laughs> no te muevas. And we're back with Matisse. So we're talking about San Bernardino. Hey, I know, right? <laughs> Repping the Inland Empire. And I'm so happy that somebody finally is talking about San Bernardino in a limelight that it deserves. I went to Cal State San Bernardino and it was one of the most beautiful experiences. And I understand that feeling and that notion of being uh, forgotten and whatnot. So now... You're super involved within the community because I see you at the Quakers games. Talk to me about that. How, oh, like, how'd you become involved? Well, so actually, well, okay, I do go to those games, but mostly it's 66ers. Oh, so the, that's yes. here in San Bernardino. Yes. That's really close to here, actually. But um, basically, I somebody reached out to me from their, uh, I guess, media team uh -huh. a couple of years ago and asked me to do a performance. Uh -huh. And so I was like, oh, do I need to see yeah. that closer? My like, bad. <laughs> I was like, I, would, I didn't want to say <laughs> it, but like she said it. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So they reached out to me and they were like, hey, we want you to do a performance for uh, this special event we have. Are you interested? I was like, absolutely. Sign me up. So I mm. did it. And then I became really good friends with her. And the year after, which was last year, she had asked me to do um, a performance every Kukui night. They call uh -huh. it Kukui nights and they're special event nights. And there's four, I think, I believe there's four of those a year or six of those years, something like that season. And so I did all of those. And then she had asked me to do two additional performances on Pachuco night, which mm, is another special yeah. event night. So they're all like Hispanic heritage night, Latin heritage nights. Um, just to represent and to be part of that. And then I've also done like just promotional things for them, like photo shoots and things like that. And yeah, yeah. I, I love being part of the community because I, I grew up volunteering like YMCA. My mom worked at the YMCA, so I was always volunteering there mm -hmm. um, and doing just a bunch of different things. I volunteered in dance groups growing up like or in my dance group growing up. And it's a really big part of me. Yeah. I love I love doing that stuff. And I think away. going back to what you said earlier, like San Bernardino kids or people in this area grow up with the notion of like, OK, being more appreciative. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you were volunteering for the community just kind of goes to show like, hey, I grew up in a community similar to the ones that I'm volunteering for. And I want to make a difference to uh, within within that community. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the San Bernardino um, experience, because you said you loved it. You moved to Redlands. Did, was there bullying because you were from San Bernardino? Actually, yeah. And you know what I have? So I have three siblings that they all go to school in Redlands. They're all younger than me. Okay. Um, so You're the eldest? I'm the oldest, yeah. Well, one of them went to... She's in, She's at Cal State right now, uh -huh. San Bernardino. But she went to RHS. My si uh, little sister's at RHS right now. And they all went to like elementary and middle schools in Redlands. Um, but a lot of people won't come like to our house because we're in San Bernardino mm -hmm. or like, especially my sister, she's, she's on the cheer team. Right. 
And I guess, like, they've had... She's invited a lot of her friends over or whatever, and, and, and their parents, I guess, won't let them come over because we're in San Bernardino. And I've also heard a lot of things like, oh, San Bernardino, like, yep. oh, and it's... It's not that bad, guys. It's not that bad. <laughs> it's not like 1990, 2000s. Granted, when I was at Cal State San Bernardino, I'm I, literally, you said 22, and I'm 32, so I'm 10 years older than you. No way. Uh, yes. I, oh, Are my you, God. You don't look like that. That's why Thank I'm so you. surprised. Well, okay. I love that reaction. Wait. I'm going to clip that. <laughs> She's like, stop Oh my God, I have dog hair on. My- oh, that is so embarrassing. <laughs> that is so you, Sorry. though. That's the type of content that you provide on social media. But yes, I am 10 years older than you. <laughs> I'm just so shocked. That's I ho- crazy. I hope you guys are seeing this on YouTube because, uh, yeah, her reaction is priceless. But yes, I give off a young energy because you I do. work in radio. I work in radio. So that's what I do for a living. And I do Spanish radio. So English is not. Well, I would rather be doing this in Spanish. I oh, think I'm sorry. Oh, no worries. I can speak both okay. languages. That's the beauty and the duality of growing up in San Bernardino yes. County. Most of us are Latino who can go both ways in languages. But uh, 10 years ago when I was at Cal State San Bernardino, yes, it's going to be my 10 years since I graduated college. <laughs> Graduated college. Can you believe that? Well, I graduated four years ago. I know. From from college? From Cal State. Or no, not Cal State. Cal Baptist, my bad. Oh, wait. Cal Baptist. Wait, what the heck? All right. We're going to take a little pause there. Cal Baptist. At 18, you graduated from Cal Baptist? No, I... You said four years ago. You're about to hit four years... No, not four years ago. (laughs) Four years ago. Wait, what year are we in? (laughs) We're 2024. Oh, then maybe. No, I don't know. Why did I think we were in 2022 right now? That's so amazing. <laughs> so I graduated no. from high school four years ago. Yes. I graduated from college in 2021. Got you. Wow. So, yeah. okay. Four years ago, 2021. Two years. Oh, yeah. Two years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Okay. In, wait, what did you, year did you say we're in? We're in 2024. <laughs> Wouldn't that this. be three years ago? Well, because uh, you graduated in May, right? Yes. So then we're okay. th- we're about to hit. We're the- almost there. We're almost there. We're freaking confused as okay. hell. But <laughs> the point is, it's 2024. Uh, so- <laughs> no, this is perfect. I promise I graduated, guys. Yeah. And I took math classes. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Same. Did you have to take remedial? No. Okay. Maybe. I was really good at it. All math. right, cool. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, like an older child syndrome, which we'll talk about right now. I've, or unless you feel like the eldest is not the smartest or you get no, like hit with I, them all. No, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I you looked that. at me with a face of I, confusion. No, I, was, I was confused about which part you were talking about, but yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like we, if we don't get straight A's, like it sucks. Yes. Right? Yes. Yes. How was that experience for Ugh. you? Okay, well, I did get three days growing up. <laughs> when I got my first B in college, I, like, had a breakdown. Me too. I was... Anxiety attack oh, all the way. Oh, my God. And I still have, like, nightmares. I will wake up, like, crying sometimes or, like, <laughs> because I, I get a B on a test in my dream or something. Okay. And I'm not even in school anymore. Like, or if I'm late to school in my dream, count really? me out for Is the that day. because of your mom, like, growing up and... No, and like, that, was she like very know. hard or your no. parents? And you know what? She was always like, whenever she would drop me off at school, I was almost always late, mm. but she didn't care. Like, oh, okay. I mean, I was Go there mom. on time, but I was like two minutes early before the bell, you know? So I was like running to class, but I don't know. I was always just like an anxious little kid growing up. Even yeah. in elementary school, I remember like always being so anxious. I didn't know it was anxiety. I don't think my mom did either, but I would always cry like the first two weeks of class up all the way through high school. Mm. Like when my mom would drop me off at school, I would just cry and cry and cry because I was so anxious. And then even before, uh, and starting in middle school when we would have to switch classes, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like periods yeah, of yeah. switch classes. Um, I'm not that old. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure sometimes I'm like, oh, never mind. I, I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So when we would have to switch classes and stuff, that gave me a lot of anxiety. And I would have to go like several days before school started to the campus uh. to go find all of my classes and then practice walking to them because I was so anxious that I wasn't going to find them. I feel like so many people did that. I Like I'm like kind don't. of shaking my heart's kind of because <laughs> just thinking about it. I'm like tearing up a little bit. Oh my God. Oh my God. Mental health. Mental health awareness. It's important. You guys go to therapy. Uh, yes. <laughs> okay. So we're going to get touch on all these little things because I feel like there's so much to unpack. But going back to San Bernardino. Yes. Like, okay, okay, sorry. No, no, no. I, I do that too. I'm a squirrel. Okay. Like if yes. you. Yeah. Uh, 
Okay. <laughs> no, okay. So San Bernardino, back then, obviously, like, they were, uh, people, when we would go out to L.A. for parties and whatnot, I'd be like, oh, San Bernardino, or what's in San Bernardino? Oh, there's nothing out there. It's just, like, baseline, because they were talking about the hookers and whatnot, and... Oh, you're like, not the hookers? Oh. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you didn't know? No. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that was a 10-year-ago thing. Well, then. Uh, but but that's know. where they would, like, post up. And you could sometimes see it, like, when you would drive by the In-N-Out. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, In-N-Out, if you ever want to sponsor this, and I just kind of said that. But, like, that's where they would stop. And sometimes at, after a, a party, we'd go to, like, In-N-Out, and then you just see sexual workers working. Um, so I can see where a lot of people and a lot of these parents are coming from that they don't want to let their kids go, but then things are changing. Things are progressing. Things are moving. If you see the communities around there getting, I mean, it sucks to a certain extent, like more gentrified. Mm-hmm. And even Cal State San Bernardino area, it is beautiful. It's and it, real nice over there. And it's expensive. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. try buying a house out there. It's expensive. It's really nice and then Highland there. is like the bougie area. It is. Yeah, it's really nice over there, too. And then just the in-between is kind of like, that's where I live. Oh, yeah. So See? I know. Oh. Oh, oh! the lights turned off. The Ooh. good thing is, is I know. <laughs> I know. They're like, do not talk about San Bernardino. Sarai se apagaron las luces. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I guess somebody has to be walking around here. <laughs> but, okay, th- that is awesome that you're trying to change that narrative and always giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to your parents and how strict were they because you were the oldest? Yeah, so I've noticed a huge difference in the way that they parent my siblings and the way that they used to parent me. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I wasn't allowed to like, and I understand it now. I do, because I'm not going to let my kid probably do this stuff either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never had a sleepover. Same. Ever growing and up. And I'm a guy. You're a girl. I, the first time I, yeah, well, you, that's crazy. Okay, yeah. the first time I had a sleepover wasn't even a sleepover. I had moved into college. <gasps> and I was, I was crying because I was like so scared because I've never slept at like really anywhere without uh-huh. my parents. Um, so never had a sleepover, wasn't really allowed to go out by myself until like senior year maybe. And I was only able to be out there for a couple of hours and then Mm -hmm. go home. Um, I guess I could have friends come over, but it wasn't that often because we were really busy all the time. So it was just like things like that. And now my brother is allowed to go to like his friend's birthday parties Mm -hmm. or, and him and I are 11 years apart. So he's so young. He's, he's in middle school right now. Um, but yeah, he's allowed to go to his friend's birthday parties. He's allowed to have sleepovers and stuff. Like, his friends are over all the time. Same with my my other little sister. Um, and so there's just, like, a huge difference. Do they say anything about, like, uh, like hey, my friends don't want to come over here because they're somewhere in our ghetto? Or do they, like, get all sad about it? And do they tell you about it? Yeah, my sister especially. Like, she's really tried to... Uh, make an effort to invite her friends over. And she does have friends that come over a lot. She has a lot of friends. Oh, lucky. She's, she's, she's on the cheer team, so, you know, she has, like, all of those Did people. you do any sports in high school? No, I was uh-huh. just doing dance. I mean, dance is still, like, I did uh, theater. So I did theater. Obviously, I, I think I can dance, but I probably can't dance. But I can fake it till I make it. That's I, why I that's do. That's exactly what you got to do. Exactly, exactly. So in terms of, like, friends and whatnot, it was like, uh, all right. It was more in the arts versus the people who were in sports. They all were always yeah. going out together. So I totally can relate to that because my brothers were in soccer uh, and track and cross country. And I think the most that I ever did was cross country, maybe for, like, a semester in freshman year. And then after that, mm-hmm. it was just like, mm, no, maybe not for me type of stuff. And now I love running. I wish I would have with it uh but but yeah i think it was the older kid syndrome that that my parents never let me sleep over i couldn't have any bees because then i would get an ass whooping by my parents like it was always me having to translate everything to my parents like i don't know if you had that same experience no my parents actually don't speak spanish oh they don't speak spanish wow do you yeah i do yeah what yeah i learned in school and i actually i that was one of my majors in college Wow. Okay. So both of them don't speak Spanish, Mm -hmm. yet you can hold a conversation. Were you in a dual immersion school? No. No. I started learning in in middle school. 
on your own or? Um, I took a class. They had Spanish classes in my middle school, and then I just kept taking classes through high school, and then I had already become fluent by high school. And it was really easy for me to pick it up because I'd heard it my whole life dancing and learning from teachers that speak Spanish and all of that stuff. And my the re- like the generation... Uh, uh, that I don't know before I guess yeah. the older generation of my parents aka me <laughs> I'm a whole generation <laughs> ahead of you <laughs> they all speak Spanish so my okay. grandparents speak Spanish my great grandparents speak Spanish and all of their like how is that dynamic because you can communicate with your grandparents mm-hmm. in Spanish yet your mom and your dad can't no they can't uh, but my grandparents speak English and my great grandma she's starting to forget kind of her English I think but um I mean, she still speaks. What about your siblings? My, uh, so the older younger sister, her name Uh is Isabella. She, um. The cheerleader. No, that's Sophia. Oh, okay. That's That's the younger, younger sister. And then the younger brother is the, like, littlest. Okay, okay. okay. So Isabella, she speaks, um, Spanish. Mm, She understands it more than she speaks it. Mm. But she can, like, say, like, words and try to speak it. For the most part, she's okay with it. Um. Sophia, she oof, she tried a Spanish class, and she didn't, like, wasn't nope. able to pick up anything. Um, and then brother, my brother, we call him brother. Uh-huh. He, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> he doesn't speak anything either. Wow. Yeah. But okay. my boyfriend, he speaks only Spanish. Really? Is yeah. he straight up from Mexico? He's from El Salvador. Oh, okay. But look but at you. My nose is... Go ahead, go ahead. Do you? My nose is leaking. It's okay. It's like literally cold. I'm a little cold. (laughs) I think we're all starting to come down with a cold because it is definitely chilly. And last night or these past couple of days, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, and it was raining really hard. Yeah, and I think because like the mountains, which are so beautiful, if you guys are ever out here in San Bernardino, like you can see the whole Mm. uh, snow that fell. And I'm just like, oh, every time I wake up and I drive, and I'm like, wow, this is breathtaking. Yeah. But I think all that air. It, it's yeah. like it's it's uh it's affecting us dang are your parents like jealous are they jelly that the, i can speak spanish yeah um or or do you sometimes like talk to somebody else in spanish just because you're like Haha. i don't think they're jealous about it but they definitely want to learn mm. or they've well my mom has tried to learn my dad okay. actually even though he's not like hispanic or like, uh-huh. you know at all he speaks more spanish than my mom does oh, really interesting yeah um my mom tried to she's taken so many classes and she's tried to pick it up but she just can't do it yeah she and my grandma didn't teach her growing up or anything like i that. found that i find that so interesting that you said that your mom because your mom's the hispanic side yeah. right like from chihuahua that she placed you in ballet flor clorico mm-hmm. even though she wasn't really around I don't want to say she wasn't around the culture, but she wasn't la- around the language, which is huge, mm-hmm. especially when you want to take a four-year-old daughter to Ballet de Florida where probably most of the instructors speak Spanish, especially Actually, 18 years ago. So most of the instructors that I grew up with, the ta- classes were taught in English. What? Yeah, it's okay, really plot crazy. Twist. But every other class that I've taken, every other group that I've been in, most people speak Spanish. So it was mm. just that group. And I think it's because it was like here. Mm. Um, in the Inland Empire, but all of the other classes and um, workshops that I've taken have been in L.A. or in New Mexico or Arizona, and it's almost always in Spanish. Got you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Well, that's awesome. Ballet Flor Clorico, 2020, you started posting on TikTok. Mm-hmm. When did your first video blow up? It was... You were still in high school, huh? No, I was in college. Oh, it was in it college? Was, it was when the pandemic happened. So I was in my second year of college, I think. Oh, so you had already had a whole full year of of regular yeah. college, so actually going. Yeah. So you didn't have to experience the whole... Like, so many people went to college not knowing what that felt like. Like, the first two years experience. Oh, yeah. I had already had the first year experience, and I had already had... I had a semester that I lived on campus... Before the semester ended, I moved out. I was okay. like, I'm not being here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like a week before the finals, I moved out because I was like, I can't. I need to be home. Um, so I had the commuter experience. I had the on-campus experience. I had the COVID experience. And then we did have a graduation, actually. We were the first graduation back. Wow. But everybody had to wear masks. It was outside and everything. So, yeah. Yeah. 
But the first video that blew up, oh, you were yeah, still sorry in. No, 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 you're fine. That's why you didn't have me here <laughs> to like round you back up. I was still in college, yeah. So I was in. The, it was the COVID era, and COVID had just started. Um, I think I started posted it, posting in like, I think the end of April of 2020. Um, and then my first video blew up maybe a month later or two months later. And it was a video of me doing zapateado, mm-hmm. like a tutorial, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the video that went like super, super viral was a few months later, I think maybe in October-ish of that year. And it was me dancing to Un Poco Loco mm-hmm. from Coco. Coco. Mm-hmm. Which now we sometimes see you at Disney. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, that was not, I didn't go to Disney this well, I didn't work at Disney this past year, but the year before, yes, I did. Yes, yes, to do that uh, parade for Coco. Yes, Coco, and then I did um, Viva Navidad, which is like the Christmas parade. Yes, yes, uh-huh. yes, yes. That is awesome. Did you expect that? Like, or were you at first? I know so many people like are embarrassed. First of all, to like kind of show themselves on social media. You obviously have been loving Flor Clorico. You've been in your own little circle. Um, I don't want to say circle, but. Your group of friends probably also like Florico, but then showcasing it to the world was that something you were hesitant to post on social media? At first, no. No, okay. At first, no, because I wasn't doing it for that for reason. Yeah, I was mostly doing it because one, I wanted to keep myself accountable for act- practicing, and I was not a very good—I will admit—I was not a very good dancer at all. Oh, even okay. though I had been dancing for like years and years and years, when I first started TikTok, I was not a very good dancer at all. Um, this I've, is for my friend because she just started Ballet Flor Coloco about two years ago oh. and she's gotten better. And so I'm like, look at her. She said she wasn't good. It <laughs> takes a lot of practice. Um, but yeah, I. What, wait, I forgot what we were talking about. Oh, now. your video. You were oh, posting it for yourself. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. So sorry. <laughs> Squirrel. <Okay. laughs> so yeah, I was, I was posting it for myself to keep myself accountable for practicing. And I was also posting it because I was teaching at a school at the time. Um, folklorico, and I was kind of worried that like they were gonna be like maybe bored and they were missing it because we had to stop like that, like, yeah, very quickly. I got all my stuff the last day, and we didn't even know it was the last day until I had already gotten there to oh, teach. Wow. And so, we I got all my stuff and packed it up, and I went home, and I was like, wow, like this is not good. And yeah. so, I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll just start posting stuff. And, but to and teach the kids, that's what you teach were. It, yeah. Yeah. And so I, a lot of my stuff from the very beginning was just like step tutorials. Um, if you go way, way back. And then, yeah, that's basically all it was. And then you started incorporating the vestimenta. The, yeah, the vestuarios. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that came a little bit after because I did not have anything really? when I first started TikTok. I would be, wow, I'm amazed because so many people would have imagined that those were stuff that you've had for years because you yeah. felt so comfortable in that attire. Yeah, so I I did grow up dancing in them, and I have pictures of me dancing in them, but how it worked in the group that I, I danced in was they had, a, like, a vestuario bank, mm-hmm. which is they will lend you the vestuarios, and then you give them back if you leave or if you need to get a bigger size, then you give it back and you get a bigger size from them. So you don't have to buy anything, which and is really good for here, especially. Yeah. Do you pay for it, though? No. Wow. Not so for the vestuarios. For yeah. for shoes, mostly yes, unless they have shoes that didn't fit other kids anymore. And then usually they would put those in a big like tub. And if you needed new shoes, then you would go see if they had your size in there so you didn't have to buy new shoes. I love the community. The yeah. raza coming together to like help each yeah, other out. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I didn't have any of my own because we had kind of just stopped there and um i didn't own anything anymore but um shortly after that when i started tiktok and i realized like this is like what i love to do i was like i need to get my own and so i started looking for like second hand ones on like poshmark and mercari Mm -hmm. how much are those dresses by the way uh second hand it depends usually i think i would pay like fifty dollars to a hundred dollars for them that's not bad um but now I have a lot of different, well, a few different dressmakers that I go to that are in Mexico and they make everything by hand, made to order, my size, my color, whatever I want for me. And it depends how much, how, what I guess what the vestuario is, but 
Usually it's maybe like $300 per vestuario, which and is they not ship bad. It? And they ship it, yeah. But they already have your measurements, or did you have to fly to Mexico to get no, all your measurements? No, I take my own measurements, and I send it to oh them. Oh, my God. I w- that would cause me anxiety. I'd be like, I wonder if I got this right. They, oh, well, yeah. I mean, I've kind of known how to do it now, I guess, growing up with it so long that people have to measure you all the time. So yeah. I kind of knew how to do it already, but um, they already have my me- I don't even have to send them measurements anymore they already have it and I, I've been dancing so much actually that I've lost like a lot of inches on my yeah. waist so every every month I'm like having to take in my dresses and stuff but it's better that way because sometimes I'll like go up in in inches a little bit and so then I just take it out oh, so gotcha. it's better for me to have them big because if I'm like going up and down in weight then I could just take it in or take it out and take it in and take it out. So as the eldest in the family, you majored in Spanish or it was mm-hmm. one of your majors, you said, I right? I have two majors, What yeah. was your other major? Psychology. Psychology. Do you work in the psychology field or do you dedicate no. yourself 100% to TikTok, Instagram, uh, social media? So, well, mm, kind of neither, wow. actually. Okay. So I don't do anything with psychology right now. I do mm-hmm. use what I learned. Um in the work that I do now, which is I, I do TikTok and Instagram and all of that stuff, but I have my own business now. And that what? Business, Talk to me. <laughs> I love talking about business. So it's actually really good. And I wanted to mention it when we were talking about community stuff, but um, don't worry. Head. But Got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's called Step by Step Folklorico. Basically, what we do is we go to after school sites. Most of the time, it's after school sites at a uh, at different programs in San Bernardino, in Ontario, whatever city it may be, and we teach folklorico to students there. So instead of having the students go to classes or a group, because a lot of students don't have that opportunity, especially here in San Bernardino, parents are working or it's too expensive or a, a lot of people can't do it, right? We bring it to them. So is it a nonprofit organization? It's not or is a it nonprofit, but uh-huh. students don't have to pay for anything. Okay. And then how do you make profit off of it? The districts pay for gotcha. us to go to their programs. That is yeah. awesome. So Fontana Unified School District, San Bernardino School District, mm-hmm. Redland School District, like please make sure to pay attention to we, this. Well, we are, we actually oh. do work in all of those school okay. districts right Never now. Mind, so right now we're in, Fon- I think we're in Fontana or we're starting in Fontana uh-huh. soon. Um, Fontana, Harupa. Um, Ontario Montclair, Redlands, and San Bernardino. You came up with this idea? or My is dad it? and I both did. So it's both your guys' business. Mm-hmm. That is so smart that he was able to see... Uh, well, hopefully I'm like that with my kids in the future. Like, a, like, okay, you know what? She loves what she's doing, but let's see how we can monetize it for the community. And yeah, wow. And I, well, the thing is, like, I I'd always taught at schools when I was, you know, going growing up and stuff even when i was in elementary school i started my own club and my Mm -hmm. elementary school because we didn't have anything like that in schools and now there's a lot of schools that do have clubs but um i had started my own club in elementary school and then once i got to high school i wanted to start teaching at elementary schools so i was teaching at a few different elementary schools here in san Bernardino, and i told my dad maybe i think last year early last year i was like i miss teaching at schools like I want to do that again and I thought I was going to teach at one school Mm -hmm. like I used to two days a week for an hour every day or whatever but we turned it into a whole business and now we have a bunch of staff that go to all these different districts every day and sometimes I'm teaching at two schools a day um how long has this business gone we started last year in the summer and how did you start marketing or how did you start having those conversations with the district does your dad do most of the business aspect mm-hmm. of it yes do, so he's, is he's in a is he in a business background n- yes and no so he actually started as a teacher mm. he started yeah he worked as a teacher for a long time and then he was a vice principal and a principal so he knows a lot of people in this in the school <sighs> system then after that, he uh, started his own business uh, that was kind of, it was like a STEAM mm-hmm. kind of business or STEM. They, he calls yeah. it STEAM, though, because he likes to add art, art into it. Yeah, Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> yes, you get it. So he started that, and then... The lights went off again. Oh. It's okay. Hello. Hello. <laughs> the good thing is we have these lights on. <laughs> these won't turn off. No se nos apagan a nosotros. Uh, <laughs> you want me to get up and... No, it's okay. Sarai! She's our personal light walker. <laughs> I, we know. Yay! Hello. Do a dance? Yes. Oh, 
Um, <laughs> you're good. So your dad uh, was a vice principal. He knew all these people. Mm -hmm. He saw an interest in what you did, mm -hmm. and he said, "You know what? Let's." He started his own business prior, yeah. right? And then he's like, "Let's turn this into a business." Yeah. And What's been the most difficult? I think the most difficult part of it is getting students that don't want. Well, actually, it's not even. It's not too difficult, but there's a lot of students that we teach that don't want to do it. Mm. Um, so that at first that was a challenge for me because I was used to working with kids that it was like a club that they wanted to be there, and um, right now that's not how it is. Like a lot of times, the kids don't have a choice if they want to do it or not. Mm. Um, they're be, they're being placed uh, yeah, by the district. Exactly. So in Redlands, we I teach a group. I teach two groups of eighty five to one hundred students in one day. <gasps> so we teach eighty five to hundred students for one hour, and then we teach the next eighty five to hundred students for the second hour. Um, so because it's different grade yeah, levels. Yeah, yeah. So mo a lot of those kids maybe don't want to be there. They've never heard of it or whatever. So we started off with a kickoff presentation. Mm. Um, so they get to know kind of what is folklorico and we show them videos about the culture and, and what the climate is and why we wear the dresses that we wear, the suits that we wear and what do they mean and what is the culture like there. Mm -hmm. and then I'll go out and do a dance from that state. We do three different states. Um, I'll go do a dance from that state and then I'll invite some of the kids up to learn a step. Mm -hmm. After that, we start doing... Uh, Folklorico classes and the students will come in and and I'll teach them something. But the way that I get them uh -huh. is I do we do warm ups every day, right? Uh -huh. Started with the peso pluma song. Uh, <laughs> Compa. Yes. Yes. And they're like, <gasps> they all call me Miss T. They Miss think that T. my name is I say okay, my name is Matisse. Matisse. I say hi everybody, my name is Matisse. They all think it's Miss T. Miss I don't know T. why. <laughs> so they're like. Miss T, I know this song. Compa. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> That's and awesome. Then we started, we started, the first dance that we learned is, is Remember Me from Poco, or from um, Coco. Uh -huh. Coco. We, we do Remember Me from Coco so that they kind of get into it a little bit. So they start learning easy steps. It's a song that they recognize and that they know the movie from, so mm -hmm. they relate to it. It's not something super traditional from the start. Out of all those students, like 85 to 100, you have two groups in Redlands High School. How many of them actually want to do Folklorico? Aside from that, like, you know, do they do private lessons with you? Do you have another studio for, like, people who want to do this seriously? So I have a studio. We just got a studio, actually, January, beginning of January. And I might have to go take a class. I've always wanted to do yes, Folklorico. Yes, have to. We haven't started classes yet. I'm planning on maybe starting them in a couple months, maybe in the summer, um, just because we just got the building and got we're it. still working out the kinks with the business and everything. Um, but we have had a lot of students that are asking for for classes and even parents. Like yeah. I've had parents be like, I want to join this. Like, do you teach adults? So we will be starting classes soon because that's something that I really, really want to do. And I've always wanted yeah. to do it. Like, I'm literally living my dream right now. I never thought I would be able to do something like that. That is beautiful. One of my closest friends, shout out to Stephanie. She also sent me some questions that she wanted. Oh, she, yeah, like, yeah. She's like, can you ask her these things? Okay. <laughs> and, um, but uh, she started doing Florclorico about two years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and obviously she's... Uh, you're younger than me. She's, she's 30. Oh, no, she's 30. She's she's not 32. But she loves it and whatnot. And obviously, it's been a whole journey, just her picking up the steps, learning it, and uh, learning more about the culture and the different regions that you guys, well, that Flor Clorico has. So I find that interesting that now that there's also a space for kids so they can start learning it at a young age, and then you're also going to create a space here in the Atlanta Empire for adults. Um when did you realize, like, oh, my God, like, I'm becoming popular on social media? Was there somebody that reached out to you, a mm. famous person that followed you, a famous person who liked your post, and you're just like, oh, fangirling or freaking out? I don't know. I think I've never really, I don't think I've ever really thought of it that way. Okay. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I never did it to gain followers at all. And I feel like that's what a lot of people think yeah. that I have done. But it's never what it's been. That's never been my goal. You've been um, doing what you love, you, like you said. Yeah, my goal was to share the culture with everybody and to sh and to show people what it is, what folklorico is, and to I guess inspire people to learn folklorico or to learn more about it, 
or to learn dances from their own cultures too yeah. if they're not from Mexico. So that's been the main goal. I've never really thought of it like, oh, I finally got this many followers mm -hmm. or I have this many followers on social media because it doesn't really matter to me. And yeah. I don't want to think of of people that follow me as a number. Yeah, I that's agree. That's something that's always been really important to me is I want to make real connections with people and and be a real person to people. I don't want to be a fake person. I don't yeah. want to be somebody that they just see on social media. Like I want to show people who I am and what I love to do and hopefully they'll they'll yeah. want to do the same. No, I love that because I think uh, we can see it through the phone, you know, on TikTok or on Instagram, the love and passion that you put in for every dance. Uh, there's the beauty of social media that has allowed you to start a business or to make it a possibility. Mm -hmm. The dark side of social media, what has that been like on your end? Um, so, you know how I said that earlier that I wasn't at first afraid to post what mm -hmm. I was posting? Now I am very self-conscious of everything that I post. Very self-conscious. I think I have to like re-record videos sometimes 30 or 40 times and even wow. if it's just like a 30 second dance or whatever like I'm just redoing and redoing and redoing it just so I can because I know I'm going to nitpick at stuff mm -hmm. and I know people are going to nitpick at stuff because what I do is is traditional dancing right there's yeah. a way that people think it should be done but the yeah. thing is it's dance and it's evolving and, it's and if you go exactly if you go to a pueblo you're not gonna see yeah. all of the stuff that i'm wearing or that anybody in folklorico that folklorico wear like you're not gonna see that stuff most of the time if you're going to a pueblo and watching them do their traditional dances yeah. you'll see some of the steps yeah but it's so different and so there's a huge divide between traditional traditional folklorico which most of the time it's still very different from what you'll see in a pueblo, right? Mm -hmm. And then stylized folklorico, which is a lot of like ballet and contemporary Im influences and a lot of sparkles and, and jewelry and all kinds of stuff, which I like to use with my dancing sometimes. Uh huh. But there's just that divide. And so it's always like you're never going to make people happy with the dances that you're doing, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really difficult for me to find that middle ground, I think. So that's like yeah. the dark side for me. And then also I there's just like no way that I'll be able to join a group ever again because of of a lot of I do have a lot of people that support me in groups and I do have a lot of people that love what I do from groups. But there's a lot of people that don't like what I do. And there's Wh a lot of people when you that say groups, is it like, like folklorical groups? groups? Yeah. OK, so that's why you started your own um, and in a sense are, are going to that. Mm, yes. Yes, because I want to change the culture of folklorico and what a lot of people, th a lot of people experience in their groups. Because there is a lot of divide among groups and there's a lot of competition, but in a bad way, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. they'll step on whoever they need to step on in order to get to the top. Instead of having the good kind of competition, the healthy kind of competition, where it's supporting each other yeah. to get better and better and better and better with each other. I used to hear it from uh, my friend who's in a florclorico group while well, she just switched over that the main head of the florclorico would sometimes treat the kids so like scream at them like mm -hmm. if they were nothing. Yeah. And, and so I, I, I'm assuming that's the culture that you're also kind of referring to where it's sort of like, OK, I'm running this business. I don't care how I'm treating others. Uh, whoever is in charge, of course, it doesn't have to be the owner. It could be me be the instructor. It could be just a random person that works there. And it's just that that culture that we probably don't see. And you think, wow, they're expressing their culture through dance. And I'm pretty sure they get along and everybody is so great mm -hmm. that. But but I guess it's just like any other business or any other work environment that sometimes it can be very toxic yeah. and the toll that takes on a child or on a person on their mental health it, it can be very draining it so is. i applaud you for being able to do this for the past 18 years oh, so uh okay well we already answered this she's like how did you start your florico journey well you started at the age of four mm -hmm. what's your favorite region to dance to 
Favorite region to dance to? Uh, I know this is so basic, but it I for sure will say Jalisco. Really? I, I know it's really basic, but I've learned... I didn't like dancing Jalisco, I guess, as much as I like dancing it now a couple of years ago because it's a lot of the same things. Like, if you're dancing to a son, it's like the same... It's three verses and they're all the same, so you do the same thing three times, right? Mm. But I've learned to choreograph dances to songs that aren't... I guess, very traditional to dance to or songs that aren't the same thing, right? Three times or create choreographies that are really, really different or, or complicated. And that's why I love it. And then the response that you get from the crowd too is like, oh, yes, love it. <laughs> but I also like dancing Veracruz because that one has very difficult footwork and I love Huasteco. So. Yes. Yeah. Damn, that's awesome. You know which one that I, I saw that it was very familiar? Um, I think it might have been Chihuahua. Or that also looks very polkish. Yes, so that yeah, that that one's Chihuahua. Though I posted a video of Chihuahua. There's a few different styles of polka from different states. So you were saying about polka? Yeah. So there's different uh, regions that dance polkas, but um, one of the most uh, common that I've seen, or that a lot of people see, is is Chihuahua, mm. and that's where my family's from. Hey. But yeah, I just recently actually started learning that, like this past year um, wow and it seems like you're really good at it oh now. thank you <laughs> i literally saw you I, I, there's another dancer that uh, well a guy dancer that mm -hmm. you were you practicing with in the specific video i don't know which one it is but like you guys were trying to get the polkish rhythm but even just the basic steps i'm like oh maybe that's all muscle memory from years of dancing that you've mm -hmm. already done yeah now for me it's pretty it's pretty easy for me to pick up steps mm. and for me to pick up technique, although I'm still working on the technique for Chihuahua and, and kind of how to move my body and stuff because it's it's pretty complicated when you're dancing with a partner, learning how to move your body when they're also controlling your body at the same time since he's like kind of pushing me and, you know. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's almost always done with a partner, that style of polka, and... Uh, it's pretty easy. It, well, for me, it's pretty easy to pick up the steps because I've been dancing so long yeah. that it's easy to pick up steps. What's hard for me was remembering which order the combinations go in, God. because it's like, uh, I don't know. It it was just really that was really difficult for me, especially because I was learning such a hard dance as my first polka, very difficult dance. Um, go bigger, go so, home. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of different variations that I just like had the hardest time memory memorizing, and it took me. I think we were practicing that dance for three months. Oh my god! Mm -hmm. Just for one performance. Just for one performance. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Any tips for those who are adults and just starting to dance? Yeah. Um, definitely. <laughs> Don't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. That, so folklorico. Well, any style of dance really is something that you can dance when you're when you're older. But folklorico is something I feel like is very easy for people to pick up because it's so repetitive. So things like ballet are, I think, very difficult for people to pick up because it requires a lot of flexibility and, and a lot of uh, strength, and there's a lot of different variations in steps that you have to memorize. Um, folklorico, for the steps, you do the steps most of the time for a while and if you're learning one region and you stick to that region you can learn the steps really well and then a lot of those steps you can apply to other regions mm -hmm. too and build off of those so because it's so repetitive once you get like the basic ones down it's pretty easy to go up from there yeah. although it is hard to start don't get me wrong because it's something very new for people and it's hard to get the technique and and it's a lot on your knees and, and your ankles because you're stomping and you're using heels. And, oh, my <laughs> knees are shot. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. but So then I probably have better knees than you. <laughs> you probably do. <laughs> but, yeah, so it, it is something that people can pick up pretty easily if you're good at remembering combinations. What's hard for people, um, for, for girls especially, when they start using skirts because you have to do the skirts at the same time that you're doing your feet. So a lot of times when I'm teaching skirt work to somebody that's never done folklorico before, they can do the step perfectly. And we worked on the step so long, but once we put the skirt in there, it's out of their head. Really? They don't remember how to do the step. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. 
So this podcast is obviously called Echale Podcast, Echandole Ganas a la Vida. Your journey is so beautiful and I commend you being Latina and also be, well half Latina half white you would say mm -hmm. yeah and but knowing Spanish uh, even though your parents don't know the commitment you have towards our culture I'm sure you get so much backlash from Mexicans or from uh, like you know like oh yeah like you were saying nitpicky but do you mm -hmm. ever get backlash like like who does she think she is all the time really all the time is that yeah. hurtful like it uh, is. or at that board at certain point do you just like no yeah well or in the beginning it hurts a lot more now i feel like wow. because i've worked so hard for everything that I, i mean i've worked my whole life to be where i'm at today i've danced my entire life basically so what's more hurtful for me is when people tell me that i don't deserve like i've had people tell me i don't deserve to have what i have and it's not only because of the way that i look that i have white skin or that i'm half white or whatever it's because they think that i'm not a good dancer that i'm not educated in in dance or that i haven't uh studied it or like people just don't i don't think they realize the commitment that i put into it because they yeah. see such a small portion of what i what i do which i get like you you haven't seen all of it they don't see like sometimes i'm rehearsing for like 12 hours a day or 16 hours a day or I'm yeah. practicing every day. I'm teaching and I've, I've researched a lot and I've learned a lot over the years. And I'm still learning, obviously. Like, you're, yeah. there's always something to learn in folklorico. You're never going to know any everything because there's so many different, so many different styles of dance to learn, yeah. right? Um, but I do know a lot of things and, and I'm showing what I've learned. Yeah. Specifically what I've learned and if they've learned something different, then okay yeah. so be it but there's different things for different groups and and i think that's what hurts me the most is when people assume that i don't know what i'm talking about or that i'm uneducated in the subject because uh they only see that little piece of, of yeah it. one other thing that i wanted to touch on is um your voice oh yeah <laughs> your instagram videos sometimes obviously like when i talked to betol he was like oh you got to get her on a good day because you just never know when her voice is gonna yeah. give up. and i'm like what do you mean it's gonna give up and then obviously i never hear you talking your videos unless it's in your insta stories mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden one day you're like hi guys yeah hi. really bad and i'm like wait is this her normal voice all no. the time but then you went through surgery mm -hmm. and everything yeah so actually okay so i got surgery last year and um, is this something like there's a chiquita your whole life no oh it's really weird because it started two years ago so well actually okay i will say that i recently like just thought about it and i think it was starting in college mm. um because i would get home at the end of the day and my voice would kind of be ronca a little bit but it would be fine. Like, it wouldn't be gone all the way. It would kind of sound like a little bit like this, right? And then the next morning I wake up, it's fine. Mm. But then two years ago, I started losing my voice and it would start like this. It would just kind of get, like, deeper, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then it came back and then I would lose it again and then it would come back. And every time that I lost it, it would be gone for more and more time. And and then when it would come back, it would only be it would be back for less and less time, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was also sick a lot that year. I got tonsillitis, like, maybe eight or nine times that year and sinus infections and i'm always sick right so okay. whatever eh, add it to the list yeah but <laughs> <laughs> i i think the last time i had lost my voice that year was i had lost it for like two months wow but it it wasn't nearly as bad as what happened last year when it was gone completely it was gone pretty much like sounded like a whisper yeah but at least something was coming out you know last year I had it back until I think April, I want to say. And then I lost it for three months <gasps> completely. Like, like it sounded like this for two weeks, I think. Uh -huh. After that, like three months like this. Or like three months like way gone, like bad. Like you good it even does. Like it didn't even sound like that. Like, <gasps> like nothing was coming out. Not even a squeak. <gasps> it just sounded like air. How did you not freak out? I mean, or your parents or? Like... I don't know. I think because I had lost it. So I think I was kind of pre like just preparing for it because yeah. my voice had been gone just for like a couple of days and then it was gone for a week and then it was gone for two weeks and then it was gone for a month and then it was two months. So it was like gone for a longer amount of time every time and it would get worse and worse and worse every time. 
So this the time doctors. was just like, they literally, you know, you want to guess what they told me? Guess what? Guess what they told me? Ah, uh, we need to get your tonsils removed. No, I asked them to do that. Oh. They just said no. Oh. No. Guess what they told me the reason was? Uh, oh, dance. No. Uh, I ando zapatarais. You were without shoes. <laughs> you nope. What? Stress. That that was it. I was not like. Can you believe that? That was it. Was that really it? Mm, mm, I you, don't know. You don't have a we still don't know. Oh, to this day, you still, we don't, still know. don't know what happened. So basically, what they told me is that there is nothing wrong with my vocal cords. Like mm. they look perfectly normal. The thing that's wrong with them is that they don't close all the way. So mm. your vocal cords are like this, right? When you're not talking, then when you talk, they go. Doot. We're gonna stand up. Ooh, hello. I'm gonna walk. I'm okay. Gonna walk. Have fun. Be safe. Don't trip. Ah, 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 ah. Yay! <laughs> Let me <them be> light. <laughs> we're back. Okay. Now we're better. Vocal cords. So vocal cords. So your vocal cords are like this when you're not talking. Then when you are talking, they come together and they vibrate, right? So mm. they touch, and that's what creates sound. What mine were doing was they would. I would talk, and they would go like this. They wouldn't even touch. They wouldn't touch. Oh. So there was air escaping through, which means my vocal cords couldn't vibrate and I couldn't talk. Mm. So what they did for the surgery was they injected filler into my vocal cords. Gotcha. And swelled them, basically. So it makes them bigger, which makes it easier for them to touch. And the idea is, I guess, that they're gonna, it's gonna train my vocal cords into working properly once the filler dissolves because the filler is not going to last forever yeah. um so how it's long until you the filler dissolves this could be it oh. <laughs> this could be After it guys podcast, you guys the one and <laughs> only podcast one and done i mean i've lost my voice this has been um i think this is like the fourth or fifth day that it's been gone oh. so um this time but i've lost it two times before since the surgery and it was gone for like a week, but those times I was like real sick. This time mm -hmm. I wasn't that sick. I was just like kind of sick from coughing a little bit, but not that bad. I don't know. It's so weird, but it, they said the filler could last up to two years maybe. It just depends oh, okay. on the person. And they, But they also said if you're sick a lot, if you're like using like your your vocal cords, well, when you, t when you cough, your vocal cords like slam together, yeah. right? So it helps, it makes the filler dissolve quicker. So... I don't know. We'll see. It's all a game. It's all a waiting game. Well, talking about games, we have this game uh, that my friends at Yo Sabo, Tu Sabes, provided. So I want okay. us to play. So obviously this is going to be interesting. So have you ever played this game? No, I've never even heard of it. No? So basically I'm going to tell you a, a word in English and you're going to have to tell me what the word is in Spanish. Oh, so okay. I'm going to pull a card out and then you're going to pull a card out because obviously it ain't no fun if I can't play. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm, I'm going to pull the first one out. Como se dice mailbox? Mm. Is it correo? I mean, that is it's one like of the more... post office, right? Or like, or yeah. like mail? Mail, yeah. That would be correo. So, but I do call it that. I'm not going to lie. I call like, it that too. Correo? I don't know what it, I don't know what it, the real word is. Buzón. I've never heard of that word before. I'm not going to lie. I always call it correo. <laughs> Me too. Don't worry. I was like, oh, okay. Pull a card. Uh, I've seen people play this game now that I know what it is. Okay. Yeah. And it's always, I'm always like guessing and I can never get the words right because I always use the wrong one. Okay, let's see. I work for Spanish radio, so... Oh, I would never be able to get this Oh my this god. Word. Okay, como se dice mattress? Mattress? Uh, oh, yeah, oh, mattress. Uh, nada cojín, este... Oh my god, mattress! Mat <laughs> el colchón. Yeah. Yes, okay. Yes, okay, cool. Uh, mm, okay, this okay. one's easy. Como se dice mushroom? Ongo. Almost. Um, did I say wrong? No, ongo. It's a ongo is fungus. But like um, I get it, a mushroom is a type of fungus. That's what I call it. Champignon. Oh, I've never. Like you've never I've, been like. I've never heard it called that. I always call it ongo. So when you're like, oye, get en mi pizza le puedes poner ongo? Yeah. <laughs> no, es, le pones champiñones. <laughs> that's what my boyfriend has said too. Is ongo. Oh, Pongale yeah, ongo. I was like. Eh, I don't know. Yeah, well, ongo is sort of like a fungus. Yeah. So like feet fungus. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll do that one and one more each, and okay. then that's it. I'm gonna. I'm so bad at this game. Okay, it's okay. 
Oh, I would have gotten this one. ¿Cómo se dice mustache? Bigote. Yeah, that's okay. easy. <laughs> All right. ¿Cómo se dice nail? Uña. No, well, actually, yes. Oh, wait. The, Are you talking about the... the oh, like the... Oh. Nail? Uña. Okay, I'm going to give her a... Uh, oh, I know what screw is, but I don't know what nail is. I just know tornillo. Tornillo, no, okay. Nail. Clavo? Oh, I didn't know what that one was. Okay. I just wouldn't have guessed it. All right, cool. Last one. Last one? Let's see. Heart of the card. Oh, I would never be able to get the, guess this oh, one. ¿Cómo se dice P? Not PP. No. <laughs> okay, no, but like a like, like the, the, the green ones. Oh, I don't know, frijolito. <laughs> no, it says chicharro. Oh, chicharro. 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 Yeah, chicharro. chicharro. I would have never guessed that one. So I wouldn't. I've never even heard that word. A lot of these words I would never <laughs> even be able to guess. ¿Cómo se dice swimming pool? Piscina. Wow. Okay, yeah, you got I it. I knew that one. Okay. For sure. I I would have I said have alberca. Oh, I've heard that word too, but I've never used it. Okay, cool. Well, you, you got it right. One point for you. ¿Cómo se dice winter? Invierno. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. ¿Cómo se dice wound? Like, I got a wound. Herida. Yes. Two yes. for one. All right, let's see. Uh, I know. Uh, <laughs> ¿Qué será? ¿Cómo se dice wrist? Wrist. Ah, wrist, wrist. Uh, muñeca? Yes. Oh. Oh, not a doll, y'all. I work in Spanish radio, I'm telling you. Like, I need to know these words. It's not <laughs> like it's embarrassing. Uh, ¿Cómo se dice fountain? Oh, this one I'm not going to know. I feel like you are. Like, it starts with the same letter. Use same letter as what? As fountain. I, I give Fuente? you. Fuente? <gasps> Yay! <laughs> How did I know that? That came from, like, the depths of my brain, Spanish, too. <laughs> All right, one more. Let's see if we can get a perfect score here. Oh, Spanish really coming in clutch. Okay, body parts. ¿Cómo se dice waist? Waist, cintura. Yeah, that one was easy. I oh got God. you. Wow, three for three. Three for three. I mean, Span well, you majored in Spanish. I'm a native Spanish speaker. Yeah, so I still don't speak very well. You, hey, eh, you're sometimes it's off. I but, don't know. But it was really great. Yeah. Matisse, thank you so much. Where can people find you? You guys can find me TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat at Matisse Azul. Azul is your middle name? Azul is my middle name. Okay. Yep. I know I know one other Azul, but thank you so much for coming on Echale Podcast. You. I appreciate your time. Of course. Did you have fun? I had so much fun. You, yes. <laughs> you were way nervous? easier than I expected. <laughs> way easier. Suck at talking, but we're good. We and it. we're here. Thank you. Till next time, Echale Podcast.